0: This is Germaine Health, the centre to help you achieve wellness in both your brain and body. We endeavour to encourage cross-communication between health professionals for your health and well-being. We'll bring you topics on neuropsychology, neurobehaviour, neuromusculoskeletal, neurogastro, movement is well-being, metabolism, and microbiome, which are also some of the services that we provide. Today we're going to try and interact a little with our weightlifting participants slash fans as we've seen that you guys have taken an interest in our podcast so yay and I have Sarah Lai with me today and for those of you who may not remember she's a lifting coach as well as our in-house physio and we'll be talking about the common injuries that we've seen in our lifters and with that say hello Sarah. Hello. So today, I think the, the, the topics that we decide that we most commonly see and that we'll, we'll go over with a little, of, probably a little bit of discussion slash case studies that we may have seen uh, for hip impingement slash tears, unstable shoulders, median nerve issues. So through run, running down your arm and to your wrists, forearm and wrist, and then as well as compacted wrists along with it, some knee pain issues, and then some back pain issues, which we most commonly see of other causes. Um, with that, um, Sarah, where would you like to start? Why don't we do a top-down approach? What do you, what do you reckon? Okay. Starting from the top. Sweet. So what are we, what what are we calling the top? Unstable Uh, shoulders or median nerve wrist issues? Which one's the top in your case? Let's go from the wrist. All right. You had one.
1: Yeah. Well, yes, I've had a perfect example. I've, I've had a few. So, um, if you've been lifting a while, there might not be, a occasion where you are in the middle of most most mostly in the jerks, because that's when you have pop the bar off your shoulders and you're trying to punch under the bar um and having to bear the weight of the bar in your wrist as you're receiving it. So that's a very uh timing issue. Sometimes you it can be a very jarring effect. And if you don't have great wrist mobility, that usually results in um, a sore painful wrist Mm -hmm. or um, the sec in in the second instant that usually rears its ugly head when catching a clean not getting the bar high enough rushing under and then not being able to actually catch the bar on your shoulders resulting in the bar crushing down into your wrist and sometimes make worse because you're in the bottom of your squat the bars on your wrist your wrist pushes your elbow into your um your Your thigh thigh. um, which is kind of like a sandwich crushing effect Um, and that's usually
0: the worst ones that we've encountered or I've heard of yeah more so with the compacted wrist that we're looking at in this case is where you may have had a stress fracture or an actual fracture put through in often it's the scaphoid itself so one of the little bones just under the thumb and then occasionally in your styloid processes so in either of the end bones of your two f- uh, forearm bones. I think mm. you may have had one in one of them.
1: I had one in the middle. Yep.
0: Uh, yep. The the, yes. The lunatic. The yostra, say.
1: Yeah. But the most common one is the one Schedule. at the base of the thumb. And that's quite worrisome because that particular bone has very poor blood supply. So the
0: healing is not poor. It, yeah, really poor. Um, um, and, um, and you have to be careful with it because it can... For, for any bones that have a poor blood supply, they can become what we call necrotic, which means they start dying. And if you want to continue lifting, that is definitely not something you, you want to be ending up with, especially if it's starting to get to that point, because if it's healable still, it can it puts your recovery time, a nice, decent time backwards. Otherwise, once it's become a bit more pronounced, it can do a lot more damage to the rest of the bones as well. So that's lifting gone. Yep. So if you're starting to feel any issues with your wrists. Don't just put straps on and, yep. and just deal with it. It's Go go see someone, get it addressed. Um, if you're worried about any of what we've talked about, yeah, x-rays and MRIs are at least the best way to go. Um, MRIs is clearly always the golden standard, but if, if it's already fairly pronounced, an x-ray will show it as well. Mm. Moving on from the wrist, because it also contributes into it, is what we've got, the median nerve. We'll also be discussing this further on um, in, it's going to have its own podcast, believe it or not, um, for its for the amount of involvement that it has in a lot of issues and for the misdiagnosis where it, where this occurs with the median nerve. It's the nerve that's involved in carpal tunnel syndrome. And it's the one that most people pretty much, as soon as there's an impingement on it anywhere, they automatically assume it's carpal tunnel. Um, it's, it, especially in lifters, it, because it's in around the, the carpal tunnel that they talk about is right at that wrist area, they do associate it with it heavily and just go, okay, it's carpal tunnel syndrome. Most of the time, especially if I've seen it around here, or Shmaine's seen it around here, we've seen that it's not been the the carpal tunnel itself, not the extensor, retin- not the retinaculum itself, sorry, flexor, I think. um, not the retinaculum itself that's been the cause of it. It's usually been an impingement higher up. So the median nerve does travel between and under certain musculature as well as the nerve roots higher up. So in and around like your armpit area, as well as up in and around your neck, there's a few exit points for the nerve roots through there for your brachial plexus and stuff. And they have a tendency to also get caused, caught up there. So they mimic the, the wrist pain and the, and the finger pain and stuff, because again, it's the median nerve supply. So we do see it a lot more commonly as well with tight forearms and it's predominantly seen post a lot of gripping exercises. So as much as we see it in lifters where they're, like we, we talked about earlier, poor biomechanics where they're not using the right musculature, same sort of thing goes here where they're relying on a lot more grip strength to try and lift bars instead of like pull them sort of thing or yes. pu- instead of pushing them through their legs, they're using their arms to pull them. This happens to be where a lot of it comes from and they, they start gripping. Yeah, gripping. Yeah, and they end up using a lot of their – Forearms. Um, forearms as well as their hands, like the muscles through the hands, and all goes upwards. So the tensions are very high through their forearms themselves, and they're the ones where you see a lot of the median nerves being pinched as well. Um, so they tend to mimic the, wrist pain, pain. Yeah, the pain into the wrist and into the carpal tunnel sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them be aware of that one so that you don't necessarily just fall under the trap of, all right, I've got carpal tunnel syndrome um I have seen it a couple of times and a few not just the lifters but a few other people that have put it down to carpal tunnel and we've treated other areas and it's released so and they've pretty much become either symptom symptom free or very minimal as compared to what they were so be careful so that you don't end up having surgery more yeah. so than anything else just because somebody said it's it's carpal tunnel doesn't necessarily mean it has to be there's a few issues that mimic it more so just, just be aware of it and listen out for our podcast on median nerve itself so you get a bit more of an understanding as to where it might feel entrapped for you so that you you can actually have a feel for it yourself. But yeah, that's the median nerve and the wrist covered for you guys. So moving up onto the shoulders. shoulders.
1: Unstable shoulder. I, I believe you did No, you go. Yeah. Did what? you treat a shoulder yesterday?
0: No. Yeah, uh, did I? I don't think so. No. No, no, no. no I didn't have any shoulders yesterday when she, she Sarah, Sarah's referring to yesterday as I was covering for <laughs> Shemaine at training geek guys so that that's what, our Moorabbin clinic that's where she was asking to see who who I had so now I don't believe I had any shoulders so sh- I'm going to leave that one to Sarah that means she's seen it more
1: yeah um unstable shoulders so you can imagine the spot of weightlifting the ultimate goal is to get the bowel overhead. Either in one swift movement uh, in the snatch or in um, two movements, a clean and jerk. Um, that's a lot of load to to put through the shoulders if you don't act um, if you don't if you can't support the weight, it's quite dangerous. Um, the shoulder is the most mobile joint in the mm-hmm. body. It's a
0: ball and socket joint again. Yep, supported by the
1: scap and your collarbone and all that jazz. So your it's,
0: rotator cuff as everyone knows. Yep.
1: So it's pure muscular. Muscular? A lot Mus- of muscularly yeah, yeah. supported. Muscularly
0: ligamentously supported, yeah. yeah.
1: And the timing of mm-hmm. activation is very important as well. So shoulders cop a lot. You can get anterior shoulder pain, limited range.
0: Limited range is usually the one that you see within the a other side. Su- yeah, yeah. And you see the other one going the over hyper yeah. extension. Um to compensate for it. which, which often had, happens to then become the unstable shoulder, believe yeah. it or not but as we discussed previously between stability and instability it's a very fine line yeah. so it's not always the unstable shoulder that's the problem one the problematic one or trying to stabilize the unstable shoulder is not always the fix for it. N-R-B-R, yeah um it's the biomechanics as we're talking about and how it's moving itself in specific movements that happen to be an issue in this case like a uh, like Sarah just said for for the overhead work if you see if you're seeing your shoulders suddenly going being caught very far backwards or very far out to the side, you know there's a problem. If you're seeing yourself leaning into one side with the bar versus straight on one side and then you've got your other side coming out a good 20 30 centimeters out on the bar on the other side again you've got there, there's a problem going on there somewhere. It may not be again it may not be that the side that's coming out it may be the side that's locked in but it's something that's unstable or it's something that's not mobile. So it needs to be looked at because you should be pretty much going through equally on both sides, both sides most of the time. Even as an, I'm not a lifting coach, so I'm going more biomechanically wise. And as, as a movement rehab therapist, I'm, I'm rolling with that one. So I'm observing that way. So you want you, you want pretty much both areas, both shoulders, both arms moving in the same direction. <laughs> Versus not in the same direction.
1: Because the asymmetry might show up in other areas. For example, if you're, like Jackie said, receiving one bar. Let's say if you look at a person with their arms overhead in a V position. Yes. Victory, one side of the V is lower or vice versa. That shift causes, usually goes elsewhere. And that could end up being in the hip or your knee. And that's usually the case yes.
0: where... The asymmetry and often, in the lift. and it's often on the opposite on side, the opposite yeah. side. So whichever side, so in this case with with Sarah describing the V, so the one that's looking more vertical, that's usually not too bad. But the other, but that, but believe it or not, that's usually the side that, when we're talking about the asymmetry, that's the side that will cop the hip pain or the knee pain because it's having to compensate for the uh, for that shoulder that's unable to, to support, support the, weight. the weight on the opposite side. So it's pretty much taking everything to okay just imagine you're looking at a person front on and their right side's vertical and their left sides their left sides out pretty much more horizontal that right side's going to be the one that's going to be taking every all that weight because it's trying to it's trying to take the weight of the bar because that left side has got it very far extended so it's not able it's not able to hold it muscularly yet
1: we spoke about instability instability but In weightlifting as well, you get people with like the rotator cuff pain and that's usually from muscling, muscling the bar into position as opposed to driving with the legs and then getting into position to stabilize the bar overhead. So that is very, very common as well, Um, especially in CrossFit because of the high repetition and doing it quickly for time doesn't actually allow you to get into a good position to actually use your larger muscle groups your glutes and your your quads in the lift
0: and it does and then it moves on to like we just talked about with the median nerve as well for Mm, that very mm. reason you're actually using those with the group to try and use it to try and finalize those movements versus like you just said the big muscles to push pull etc
1: so a shout out to our coach Lester hashtag use your legs Squeezy glutes control. Control, yeah. A lot of it's control. Slow down, everybody. Yeah, very true. Control. So, we very nicely segue down to our hips and knees from the shoulder just then. So, it's when you have an issue in a particular area that might not always be the primary cause, the root cause, it's always good to look elsewhere. Um, But in this case, we're going to talk about touch on the hip. In our hip series, we just came up with our hip series. So, and we did discuss mm -hmm.
0: we've got hip impingements and tears here listed, but believe it or not, again, we and we discussed this with the um with in the hip series in our Uh, last podcast. Yes, um, we don't see it as commonly in the weightlifters. It's not if it's if it's a finding, it's usually more of an incidental finding with when it comes to the impingement so the FAI um, the actual structure so as in the actual structure itself it doesn't have to be actually being it doesn't a lot of the time that we've seen in the lifter it's been asymptomatic it's just been a it's been just been an x-ray find but we do see it more commonly in our crossfitters like we talked about for that very reason for the high reps um, and the loss of control so where you start with the control but then the more reps that you put through it Um, You start just relying on the – you just pretty much start going through the movements. You stop focusing on trying to land. So say if you're doing box jumps or if you're trying – box jumps is a good example actually. Yeah. So you start off off carefully but then then as soon as you start putting more and more of them into it, you start going for more reps, you just start pretty much just going, all right, just jump, land, just jump, land, just jump, land. You're not focusing on how you're landing. You're not trying to absorb the forces through your feet, through your knees, through your hips you're just pretty much landing and going back up
1: and hey you can get back pain from from box jumps high rep box jumps you just end up like jackie said end up clearing the box and then just landing passively a lot of the time you and you'd be rounding end. your back as well because yeah. you're tired uh, i can imagine it's tiring um so don't be surprised
0: if you get back pain back pain as well and that and doing with, unloaded yeah with, and together. with and with that uh, it can actually be more dangerous in this case, it can be back pain of the actual back pain cause because you can actually end up putting stress fractures through yourself for that slow reason of, as I said, you're not actually absorbing the forces, so you're more or less just jarring your back. you just all your joints. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. jarring all your joints, but just because you're landing smack bang down, yeah, you can be pretty much putting a lot of direct forces onto that back, and stress fractures can be common. Mm. Um in that case, also with the box jumps, shins can also be a big culprit with that. So, shins, shin splints can be a big flare up with that as well. But that was a big segue. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, back to the hip. We, yeah. we,
0: we, we clearly don't like box jumps in the <laughs> CrossFit, apparently.
1: <laughs> well, oh. none,
0: none of us actually noticed this until we started. I'm sure we'll, th- we'll t- talk about values. a lower
1: limb at some point, like rebounding box jumps, but let's, let's just stop there. Yeah, that's the better
0: one. Yeah. yeah no no, that's that's no, one. no it's not
1: no it's not it is not <laughs> that's a lot of achilles tears yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah
0: that's straight
1: yep, all right yep. back back to the the weightlifting injuries um so in the hip we we discuss in the shoulders when you're catching the the bar asymmetrically it's the same in the hip if you find that when you actually jump your feet up, that one foot moves more than the other or one toe points out more than the other or you're
0: rotating or through your, your yeah. hips, so you're, so you're rotating you've, so
1: you've got a rotation component coming through and you know that because your bar helicopters yeah yep, yep. 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 that's not good because that's when the impingement is more that's, pronounced that's, that's yep. more
0: pronounced and this is where you can actually end up putting in tears through there. So whether it's labral tears, <laughs> ligamentous tears, that is where tears can start occurring. Tendinopathy. yep. Yeah. That's when it can start occurring because then you are, again, loading one particular joint versus as- – and then putting in not just loading but you're also – What we call translating, so you're shifting it to whether it's it whether it's a rotation or anything, whether it's an upwards downwards thing, depending on how you're sitting, your hips pelvis, Um, it will also depend on that. But you're also, but you are, you're moving that. You're moving that socket. So you're moving the femoral head in that socket as opposed to it sitting nice and settled. It's either being moved upwards, it's being moved forwards, it's being moved backwards, just depending on which, which, which way you're loading it and then which way the bar is being loaded on top of it. So yeah, you are right. They yeah. both, they, they, they do often go hand in hand. Um, and then occasionally you do have the lack of control where you fold into it. Like, yeah. yeah like you, you just about, drop
1: yeah. underneath it and just using your stru- structures passively to just receive the weight just because you've got the mobility for it doesn't mean you should do it um if someone i know is listening to it you know who you are i'm talking about you you're uh- <laughs> <laughs> free to <the> name names <laughs> <laughs> um, cool.
0: yeah moving on moving the knee. on
1: knee 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 is usually a product of either the ankles
0: or the hips i, I find yeah
1: idea. it's very it's very uncommon for you to get actual knee pain from squatting or weightlifting itself it's usually because your hips or your glutes aren't firing mm-hmm. um, properly or in the right order yep. and and or you're shifting a lot because you don't actually have the Dual range shift, yet yeah in the ankles or the hips to allow you to sit nicely into your
0: squats which that one i had yesterday
1: yeah (laughs) that's very (laughs) common so yeah so knee pain usually is just a a product of of what's going not wrong not ideal so it's all about train retraining your your movement patterns really yeah so that's a good thing if you get knee pain it's not the end of the world and very rarely you get structural issues like meniscus it's usually Mm -hmm. meniscus um i find in weightlifting not so much the acl or the mcls
0: because it is in non- contact spot what's your take no, on i'm it? trying and then i mm. agree it's not a, it's not a traumatic one mm. i'm surprised by the meniscus i wouldn't have been expecting a meniscus either they're usually a pop and rotate as well I only no one mm. so they're not that common either yeah so no so from if if sarah's saying the same thing and I'm, i haven't seen a very commonly i'm inclined to say direct structural damage to the knee itself is not probably the most common one that we see. It's usually a referral of somewhere else, like yeah. we talked about, hip or knee. Um, or it can be so tendinopathies, I have seen. So whether it's quad patella tend- yeah, tendon, patella yeah. tendon, or quad tendon, I have seen. But again, that's, that's majority from loading of time. loading yeah. the knee and not your hip. Yeah. yeah, that's that's majority of the time is what I've seen. So like you just said, loading the hip or loading the ankle, moving that the knee over the over the ankle to try and get the actual squat happening versus the ankle itself doing any yeah. action. So yeah, those are probably the two more common ones that I've seen versus actual structural damage to itself in lifting. Neither the hip nor the knee have we seen too much structural, structural directly damage. It's usually been a product of something else or a biomechanical problem that's brought it to light, which is a good thing. Moving on from there, we have back pain, which is also very rarely the root of the problem. It's
1: usually from overuse of other muscles um or just again not using your legs enough Uh, Mm. if you you think yeah if you think about
0: i don't like actually no i said that wrong if
1: you you think about the first pull from the floor um if you don't have good ankle mobility there's a lot of time your back you you are quite over um your your back angle is quite exaggerated yeah so that puts a lot of stress on your lumbar spine to keep it neutral. Mm-hmm. If you don't actually push through your legs or feel the loading through through your lower half of the body, you're actually just pulling the bar up with your back and then going to that extension by whipping your your back from hopefully a neutral to a hyper extension and then catching it in, let's hope, not, not flexion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's... A lot of curves that so, 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 <laughs> went through.
0: So we're trying to say to keep it from a straight to a slight extension, as opposed to starting it with the lift in a curl position. Yeah. You then that's when that's when damages. That's that's when it occurs where you've actually taken a lot of the forces on your back. Um, it's very difficult to try and lift it with a straight back using your actual back muscles.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that's at least you know you've got a little bit more power coming from the legs, but. Once you start seeing the curl kicking in, Mm. you know, your back started to take the job and Uh, you see it very commonly.
1: Yeah. A lot of time it's also not so much the flexion injuries, Mm -hmm. like the disc issues Mm -hmm. that we see. It's more the hyperextension, like the facet joints, or again, like the the jarring back pain where has anyone ever landed in a jump with like stiff legged and feel the forces running through your spine. That's how it usually is. So Again, because you're finding very hard to keep your chest up, you're already creating like an exaggerated curve in your lower mm-hmm. back, and then you're going to an extension moment, it bring it further into range. So if you look at your spine, there's bony protrusions at mm-hmm. the back. And when you actually – spinous processes. spinous processes. When you hyper arch your back, that's when it impacts on each other. Yes.
0: Um, it's got nowhere to go. Where else? Um, yeah. They, coll- they, they can collide with each other. And again, they don't like – so bones don't like being bruised. And in this case, they become, when they collide with each other, there's a little bit of bone bruising that happens. So you can be pretty much sure that you're going to be end up having, you're going to end up having some form of back pain. can be can be felt more of a bruised sensation than anything else, but it can actually last for all the way up to about 12 weeks, depending on just how much forces you've actually driven through there and just how much you've landed in that. Unsupported arched position and collided with you when you and had your spinuses collide because, as I said, bones do not like being bruised, but they do not like being hit yep. and colliding one on top of the other. Not only do you run the risk of, as I, as I mentioned before about stress fractures, you can't you run the risk of stress fractures again here, just in the backwards part versus in the vertebral bodies, is what I mentioned before. But here, you run the risk of them fracturing, having and putting a stress fracture through the back ones. Or running the risk of facet joints, as yeah, well, yeah, facet joints will can can dis, well not dislodge, but can have a little rotation put through them more. So uh, our our form of subluxation that we refer to in the chiropractic society, uh, in the chiropractic world, would be what we're more referring to here. Or you can have as a result having facet joint sprains as well. Sarah's just pointing to herself <laughs> as as a prime example of that.
1: Uh, and why? Why does that happen? Probably tight hips. If you get back pain and you go see someone, guess what kind of exercises they're going to give you? Glute activation, lower abs activation, loosening up your, your hip flexors. Yeah. So those are usually the reasons why you
0: move the way you do. You also have the other one. The other culprit that tends to often show up as well is hamstrings. So tight hamstrings are also the other one where it's just the pulling down of that pelvis. So as a result, of the tight just because of its insertion, yeah, Yeah. um, or its origin, I should say. They start yanking down the pelvis as I as I call it. Yeah, yeah. I always call it a yanking down of the pelvis. So it feels like it's pulling down on that back. So it's straining and it's making it feel tight. A lot of the time, that presents more with a tightness versus anything else, like a tightness through the 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 low back. yeah. Yeah not so much as a sharp pain in most cases. It's just a lack of mobility through there. Yeah. But it's also fairly evident. It's As soon as you see a toe touch or something, the person's automatic thing is hamstrings. And that one's a lot more evident and easier to pick up, if anything. Yeah. Um, Any other things that you've seen or any other things you'd like to address? I think those are the major
1: ones. So I guess the take-home message, guys, is record yourselves front from the mirror while you squat see how you're moving if you notice something that is doesn't look picture perfect the world championships is going on right now maybe have a look at how the elites move
0: don't necessarily compare <laughs> yourself to others we've discussed this time and time different again body types, different body yeah. types respond differently different move differently lengths, yeah do not always compare yourself but at, at the very least maybe have a look at the movements themselves um if you can or you can always try and see if, if you think the person's moving correctly we can always do it if you want we can do it as a you guys record and we can have a discussion session on one of our facebook pages um what we see what you guys see so that we can have a comparison there so it can also be a discussion mm. an interactive thing and it can also give you an idea of how how people are moving how different people are moving whether you're moving correctly same thing goes for your own videos. Send them through on our Facebook pages and stuff. We're going to try and organise a Facebook page for, for our group videos and everything so that you guys can send it through and we can have discussions and give you feedbacks on them. So we'll get that one happening. So you can start sending us through on our Facebook page, please. And our Facebook page is Jermaine Health. It's about J-U-R-M-A-I-N-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. Body. B-O-D-Y. not our, That's not, not our Facebook one. Our Facebook one's just Jermaine Health. Instagram's Jermaine Health Body. You yeah, don't know, but look at the Jermaine Health. It's at Jermaine Health.
1: <laughs> Oops, our social media <laughs> manager just, just cut <laughs> in and tried has, to has, correct
0: has, us. Has, has been mouthing at me saying Jermaine Health, the Facebook Jermaine <laughs> Health is Jermaine Health Body. So the page itself is called Jermaine Health Body, but the, if you're looking at trying to type it in with the little at in front of it, it's just Jermaine Health. But if you're looking at sending it through via Instagram, that yes, that is if you want to find us on our Instagram, that is Jermaine Health Body, also spelt the same way. So, guys, if you like what we're presenting, please give us a thumbs up, a like or share it with one other person whom you think we may be able to help. For those of you who are coaches, dancers or athletes and may find difficulty with expressing or executing movement patterns. Please do connect with us on our website, www.jermainehealth.com.au. And Jermaine Health, once again, is spelled J-U-R-M-A-I-N-E, Health, H-E-A-L-T-H. Or please socialize with us. As again, let's remind you, Facebook is Jermaine Health and Instagram is Jermaine Health Body. Last but not least, since this podcast is made for you, our clients, patients, and fans, do let us know what else you might like to hear about. And that's us for today. Have a good week, guys. See you. See you.